everybody to my podcast on project management. Today, I will be talking to Oliver Gesche. Oliver is not only a dear friend of mine, but also, and in this context most importantly, Chief Financial Officer of DB Schenker, located in Copenhagen. Oliver will be talking about his experiences with project organization, also in the international context. Now, we had this conversation in my kitchen, so please apologize the rather odd sound quality, but I'm sure you will still enjoy the stories from practice. So thank you very much. Okay, uh, hi. Um, Oliver, pleasure having you here. Uh, and we are today talking about um, a topic around project organization and project office. Uh, and but uh, before that, uh, the, you you have brought kind of a specific project you've been or your firm has been engaged in. Uh, what was that about? Yeah, hi, sir, and thanks for having me here. Um, yes, basically, it's about our Sweden expansion. Uh, where we basically looking forward to, to, to expand further into the Sweden, Sweden market. And uh, in that regard, uh, we of course also had to respect that we are more or less uh, entering new terrain. In so far, it was also very important for us to get a, uh, a solid overview about the uh, environment uh, we have to face, uh, obstacles and so on to... to, to get a better idea, okay, where to focus on and, and to, to, to allocate also the right resources to it. Um, yeah, and uh, in, the, in that regard, we basically made a thorough uh, analysis of the market in that regard, that as a rail freight operator, we are, uh, of course, dependent on the uh, infrastructure, the rail infrastructure, and uh, there's also capacity constraints uh, because there are certain operators on the net who are competing about the slots. Um, also passenger transportation. And uh, in so far, we started by uh, investigating the overall market potential in Sweden, how many ton kilometers are actually transported over the year in the various segments. Uh, thereafter, uh, analyze the existing infrastructure by looking ahead what kind of infrastructure uh, works are actually planned uh, over the next few years, which generate additional capacity constraints, and then looked at the individual stretches to identify the main lines in Sweden, but also the looking very thoroughly on the substretches. So it could be that uh, certain substretches on a main line are uh, or a sideline are more congested than others. Well, what what would be a substretch be in that context? Yeah, for example, if you're talking about a route from Malmö to Stockholm, yeah, so there might be a, a substretch from Malmö to Göteborg, and um, which is part of the entire route could be part of the entire route to Stockholm. And uh, overall, you might conclude that in principle there is free capacity on that route to Stockholm. But uh, there is a certain bottleneck around uh, Göteborg, uh, which you need to consider as well, which might then jeopardize the entire route planning. Okay. Um, and then so far, we, we analyzed very thoroughly these uh, substretches and thereby actually gained a very important insight in that regard that we recognized, okay, various routes where we thought we eventually can drive 
uh, are rather congested, meaning there's not much free capacity left, um, which, however, gave us then the understanding that it is rather uh, not possible to, to attract new traffic on these new traffics on these routes, mm -hmm. but rather uh, the understanding, um, okay, but eventually we can steal traffics from other competitors uh, by offering uh, better solutions uh, in, in that regard. Um, and uh, having generated this overview about uh, Sweden uh, and all the existing stretches, we then also have been on site on various locations, shunting yards, uh, terminals, uh, which we intend to use in Sweden, uh, where we basically created uh, documentation per station, where we also know then, okay, how is the specific infrastructure at the yard, uh, how long is the track, uh, track length, for example, for parking a train, uh, you need to have for certain length uh, available. Uh, it's also about the... Um, uh, facilities with regard to switches so, so is it easy to produce or does it require a lot of shunting in order to to build a new train um, but also simple things like okay where is actually a restroom for for the local drivers where is uh, 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 other facilities where they can uh, basically have a break um, so, so what you do is you, you you look at the overall net and try to identify bottlenecks in the subsegments and then you look at for for other facilities on the neck which you which is somehow on the net which you need the yards mm -hmm. all the way down to identifying whether there are sufficient toilets or of course yeah all the small things are important <laughs> exactly uh, is is that all you have compiled here or, or what else did you look no, at no 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 but that was just the fundament and then thereafter of course we uh, in the next step identified all industries relevant industries for rail freight transportation, um, thereby clustering or identifying actually the production facilities all these industries have in Sweden, um, mapped then basically on the infrastructure map, mm -hmm. so that we were able to identify uh, relevant customers, potential customers, and also clearly see okay, how close are they actually to the rail infrastructure. And then also investigating whether they have a, a, a last mile connection, actually a direct connection to the rail freight infrastructure, um, or whether there is also uh, last mile transportation needed by, uh, uh, by truck, for example. Hmm. Um, and um, having, having generated that, we basically got an... Uh, an, an overview about all the relevant industries, for example, where are the different production facilities of Volvo? Uh, is, it, uh, is, it, is, it car, is it pure car production or is there need for, 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 for parts which needs to be transported in, a, in between these facilities? Uh, Sweden is also known for a lot of uh, pulp and paper industry for wood transportation. Uh, with all the mills uh, up there in Sweden, so there's also a lot of uh, transportation uh, volume. And um, having generated that in the next step, uh, and having a clear overview how close and on, on which routes they're actually, or close to which routes they're located with their production facilities, we also uh, generated uh, an attractiveness indicator 
for the relevant industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the next step, once we gathered all that information, we invited then also the sales department in order to find out then, okay, which customers are eventually already existing within the DB group, um, which customers uh, could be attractive. Before we go to, to that, uh, I just have one question. Is basically, so you, you compile a lot of data, uh, and, and is that just the desk job, or, or how did you do that? Uh, well, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of, uh, of that is related to desk research, and uh, a lot of this information is actually available, but it's, of course, not very attractively available, and then you need to, to compile the data and modify the data so that it becomes relevant to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, when we started with that project, it was not clear what will be the outcome for us with regard to uh, what can we actually do with this uh, infrastructure data, how much capacity is left and so on. Mm-hmm. But once you start working with the data, it opens new new insight, new doors, uh, new perspectives where you then say, okay, well, let's let's investigate that further where, where can that bring us what what can that where and which part could that contribute so so that's uh, this is what what we we'll call the, the the interesting and challenging project topic yeah uh, let's uh, uh, look a little bit at how you chose to organize such a project so so who did you who who did you engage in the project team i guess you had a project team for doing that right Yeah, I mean, in our company, of course, you have this standard of the classical department structure with administrative functions like finance, controlling, HR, and whatsoever. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to have some people who to, to, to actually uh, can enter s- s- to a certain degree the, the hel- helicopter perspective. And uh, are actually able also to, to, to dive into complex matters, eventually also uh, topics which are they are not familiar with, but people who are curious in order to learn more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, they also need to have the right tools at hand so that they also know the basics, uh, how to, 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 to structure a project, how to manage a project, um, but also how to yeah, do the desk research to, to, to gather information and then play a little bit also puzzle with all this information gathered and, and in order to find out how to bring these bits and pieces together. So, so you, need, you need project members who, uh, who know something about the topic or are willing to work themselves into the topic, who are capable of using using some of the tools needed and, and, and potentially also uh, project members who, uh, who somehow are at least to a certain extent familiar with what a project is and how a project is managed and how you structure uh, uh, information and, and deliver results. That is uh, crucial because usually if you, talk, if you talk about bigger projects, you, you, uh, you basically uh, talk about complex matters And these people are, need to be able to bring complex matters uh, 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 across the table uh, yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. So, so, so where do you find these people? What, what did you do in your, in your project? How did well, you approach that? <laughs> well, one important step is, of course, uh, uh, being young people, being, uh, being uh, interested, being curious, uh, 
having also the educational background which is necessary with all best also with uh, having the tools at hand how to, how to operate uh, in projects uh, on the other hand side you also need to have some uh, not only greenhorns you also need to have some experts who actually know our business where we are coming from uh, who understand how our business is working in order to pinpoint also the relevant aspects we need to look at which is a, a fundamental basis for, for, for deciding whether that could be attractive one route or not. Now, I, I simply need to probe a little bit more here. So in, in this concrete project you mentioned, mm. where did you get the people from? I mean, did, do you know? It's, it's, it's in-house people. Is, is that a challenge or has that been a challenge? It is, it is, it is always a challenge because in, in, in smaller entities, you always compete about the resources and it's about prioritization and it's also eventually about saying, okay, uh, if we do this, that requires resources from various departments with specialists. Um, and uh, the consequences that uh, certain things can eventually not be done. And uh, so one of the department heads who has another interest might then also be uh, frustrated because he believes that his uh, topic is more important and uh, is now down-prioritized. Therefore, it's also important that uh, we are at the beginning of, of where, where we are sitting together in the management team that we're also uh, getting a consensus about um, uh, on which projects we actually want to focus upon. Uh, that isn't so far helpful as that is uh, uh, also somehow the fundament for, for avoiding uh, later hicc hiccups in the process when uh, you then otherwise find out, uh, okay, certain resources are not available because people are not pulling in the same direction. Mm. And, uh, and, and so far that is uh, a standard operating procedure for us that we're creating uh, every year a list of projects and then rating it jointly in the management team about the, the importance for us, knowing that we cannot do everything. Uh, but then uh, it is also common understanding that this, these projects uh, choose and have the highest priorities and everybody needs to contribute. And, and needs to commit staff resources yes. if, if needed. Yes. Okay, so that, that is a, a very interesting phenomenon, I think, and it's very common in, in the project context that uh, you, you need to have ownership or commitment from around the organization that people contribute to the project, otherwise you, you'd run into problems during the project. Yes. Uh, now you say if you, you find the right people, you staff the right people, um, you haven't really answered where your people come, came from in your exact project, but uh, once they enter the project, uh, uh, did you do more to these people? Did they, do you help them or did you say, well, this is a project, find it out? No, uh, no, 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 definitely not. I mean, we have our regular follow-up meetings where we, of course, also operate as sparings partner and to answer your question, where these people are coming from. They are coming from various resources. One of these uh, uh, colleagues, he's uh, coming from the public affairs uh, area, mm -hmm. but uh, well experienced also in project management. Uh, the other colleague we have here in the team, it's a small team, but uh, she, she has a background in HR, uh, but uh, uh, found out uh, working in the course of working for our company that she's also interested in in project, she's of course also 
having a history in, in DB Group, so she knows how big multinational companies are operating in a rather structured way. And that is, of course, also uh, of relevance uh, that you have someone who's actually anticipating what is actually needed if you transport further results than uh, in, a ver in a specific form, template and so on, uh, higher up in the, in the organization. Uh, but what for us in the Nordics at least uh, has also high focus uh, when we're uh, teaming then our, uh, the, 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 the project group uh, is of course also the individual profiles because uh, uh, the, the characters are uh, vary tremendously and there are different profiles you might have heard about the disk profile mm -hmm. which we are using heavily uh, working together and we are completely transparent in our organization everybody knows uh, who has which profile and we talk about kind of a psychological profile exactly. here right but we are yeah. doing that as a standard test if we're, when we're hiring people mm -hmm. but we actively work also in our daily life with these projects and just to, to simply Uh, um, uh, um, sensibilize the people a little bit for different behaviors uh, why a colleague might act differently than you do because he has different needs uh, he needs further explanation in order to understand where the journey should should go uh, others are more uh, um, straightforward um, and, and clear and, and, and not that focused on details um, so you always need to, to make sure that you also have a, the right mixture in the team, that you're in, uh, bundling the right people. And then if you have a clear understanding about the different profiles, you can, of course, better mix than also the need for, for, for staffing these projects. That is a, indeed a very interesting and, and, and additional aspect to that extent when, when you think about who do you staff for your projects, uh, what, what kind of competences are needed, how do you do that, that you also look at the, let's say, individual psychological profiles, uh, uh, standardized, but still you get an understanding of what kind of people enter your project and is it a coherent project team at the very end of the day, that's what you're, what you're looking at, right? Well, it does not help you at the end of the day if you only gather nerds, <laughs> yeah. if I may say so. So and 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 uh, which, however, not able to, to, to see the bigger picture. They might be perfect in gathering all the relevant data and crunching around the data, but uh, they cannot put, put the strategic bring the strategic bits and pieces then uh, rightfully together. Oliver, this was very interesting and a brilliant insight into how we uh, what we have to look at when we staff our projects. I thank you very much for joining us here in this podcast uh, and uh, uh, enjoy your trip back to Denmark. Thanks for having me and uh, it was a pleasure.